Welcome right back into the studio. It is Josh Carey right here on 710 WOR, the voice of New York. And anytime you wish on that iHeartRadio app. So make sure to check that out. You know, Hidden Nation, what I always say that today I am excited. And today is no different. I'm with one of my favorite people from one of my, if not my absolute favorite company, it's Vayner Media. We're joined by the president of Vayner 3, which we're going to talk about, which is an actual rebrand very recently from Vayner NFT. We have the president, Avery Akinini, with us. First of all, Avery, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here and really nice to uh, to be chatting with you this morning. I appreciate that. Like I said, I like I'm sure most, I I come to study Vayner because like any good business person or entrepreneur, I'm sure you could agree that you should you should study those who are doing what you want to be doing and see what you can borrow, see what you can emulate. And I love everything about NFT and metaverse and Web3. And there's something interesting in the bio here. It says that you're you're leading the mission to guide the world's largest enterprises and IP owners in navigating the next iteration of consumer behavior. So I'd love for you to talk a minute about that. What is the that consumer behavior? What are we doing now, quote unquote, differently right now? It's a great question, Josh. So when we were actually noodling on what is our mission at Vayner 3, um, we were talking about guiding uh, the world's leading enterprises, the next iteration of the internet. And actually, Gary said to me, it's actually bigger than that. And we were riffing on what it is, the next iteration of consumer behavior. Because for the last 20 years, time spent on digital devices has gone up, 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 just like your iHeartRadio app, right? And, um, you know, users spend all this time online building connections, maybe meeting their spouse, making new friends, having their kids play Roblox, um, creating, you know, emails, being on Zoom calls, and you spend all this time online, but you don't actually own anything digitally. And what this era of Web3 is offering consumers is for the first time an opportunity to not just consume content or create content online, but actually own this content online. And what's that leading to is a real blurring between your physical and your digital reality. So it's a pretty big shift in consumer behavior and our belief is that the consumer blockchain is going to impact every industry over the next decade. So this whole Web3 blockchain metaverse NFT world, A, is fascinating. Uh, I am knee deep. I love every minute of it. Is there a difference or I should say, what is the difference between approaching this from a consumer and as a business? Both have to embrace equally? Where What do we do there? Both have to embrace equally, but it's a little bit of chicken in the egg. So, you know, I spend a lot of my time working with executives from Fortune 500 organizations. And in order for them to think about it from a business standpoint, they almost need to think about it from a consumer standpoint. So I love how you teed this up. Understanding what the consumer journey is actually like is important for them to sort of shape a way that their business can add value to the consumer journey in this new digital era. 
Um, so whether that's, you know, executives getting set up with creating their wallet for the first time or playing in a metaverse experience like Roblox, they have to actually go and experience and understand what it's like. And then what they can add on top of it is use this as another way for their business um, to grow in this new digital ecosystem. A lot of the partners that we work with have existed for centuries and they've existed for centuries because they've evolved. You know, they understood the transition from print to radio, radio to TV, TV to the phone, and now it's to the metaverse. And um, understanding consumer behavior deeply is critical for businesses to add value and also continue driving new touch points of engagement and new ways for their consumers to enjoy their products. So you work with big companies like Budweiser, Pepsi, Anheuser-Busch, Coinbase, Gatorade, helping them move in to this next iteration. Are you bringing the conversations to the table or are they coming to you and saying, hey, you have to help us? And what kind of, how much resistance is there on either side? Well, I will say that we were very early to this conversation and to many of the partners that we work with now, we brought this um, to them originally, maybe about 18 months ago. 18 months ago, when we were first talking about the VFriends project, which is Gary Vaynerchuk's own NFT brand. Uh, yes, it is. It was, uh, it was very much like, what are you all talking about? And now, 18 months later, um, a lot of clients come to us. A lot of partners come to us after seeing what we've done. And they are curious and they want to learn and they want us to help it figure, us help them figure out what's actually happening in this space from people who are hands-on and building it and doing it. So it started off with us really driving that conversation proactively. And, and 18 months later, it's amazing to see uh, how many partners are coming to us because they've seen what we've done. They've heard some of our talks. They've maybe interacted with some of our programs and they're like, okay, now how does this make sense to my business? Um, which is interesting because it's also sort of get, given way to um, us evolving as Vayner NFT to be Vayner 3 and really focusing on helping enterprises strategize around how to enter, if to enter, what makes sense, what are the risks, what are the opportunities, and what's really the long-term um, considerations to have before jumping into this world. Yes. What are the answers to all those questions? No, I'm half kidding, right? But I know that those are legit questions. Is there, on that note, is there a wrong reason for any company, Fortune 500 or not, is there a reason for them not to go this road? I think if a company is looking at NFTs or Web3 as like a PR opportunity or just a quick money-making opportunity, that's the wrong reason to enter. Um, especially now, like just something like given market conditions, it's a very volatile world in the cryptocurrency space and the economy broadly right now. It's middle of August 2022, and we've seen a lot of volatility in all kinds of markets over the past couple of weeks. Um, so I think if a company is looking at this as purely a way to make fast money or purely a way to get a fast headline, that's not the right way to consider it. I think Web3 is, it's the very, very early days of this. And, you know, it's akin to the internet in terms of its impact on society. So really taking the time to understand, craft the right strategy um, and decide if, when, and how to play I think that the companies that are approaching it with a little bit more of that caution and strategic layer are the ones who are going to really flourish and see success. So this is a long-term play where we're given that. So that implies that this isn't going anywhere. Our perspective is that this is the very, you know, we talk a lot in marketing about this sort of bell curve of technology adoption. We're still in like the innovator camp. We haven't even crossed into early adopters yet. So we're very, very early to this game. And 
and thinking about it not uh you know from a longer term horizon we think is a real opportunity for businesses um to to develop meaningful programs but what's so, definitely not wrong is somebody who wants to spend the time to learn and whether or not you're activating i think for a lot of your listeners who are running businesses whether or not you're activating spending the time to educate yourself on what's actually happening in here and what's driving that consumer behavior shift that is a good use of time so uh, before we get into, I, I want you to give us a real world example mm-hmm. on how somebody like me could step into this world. I just want to take a step back, bring everybody up to speed for a minute. Uh, NFT, we're probably all on the same page. You at least have an idea of what it is. If not, the listener is very schooled, have minted, have bought, have sold, et cetera, the NFT. But what else does Web3 encompass that we should define? Like, forget blockchain for a minute, but like metaverse, when we say that, what does that really mean? So it's funny, I would actually separate Metaverse out from Web3. It can be part of it, but also potentially not. I think the Metaverse um, is a blurring of your digital and physical realities, right? And the most advanced Metaverse ecosystems today, one could argue, are really the gaming world. So Fortnite and Roblox are two that come to mind. You know, the Travis Scott concert being an amazing example of millions of people attending um, an event digitally in a really immersive and cool way. Um, we also see this with Roblox. I know you've got kids, Josh, and your kids are playing on Roblox. Um, they want Roblox for their birthday instead of toys. Um, that's how kids are discovering things like Starbucks and Bentley, which is crazy um, just to see these kids interacting. But that really is a, a metaverse-like experience um, that is not necessarily uh, decentralized or owned um, by a broader group of users. Those are owned by companies. Those are centralized gaming ecosystems. Um as a parallel path to that, you also see these decentralized metaverses being built. Things like Decentraland or Sandbox, where uh, individual users can actually own different plots of it. Um, and those are not owned by one sort of centralized company, but rather by collective. So I would separate out metaverse from Web3. Web3, yeah. I think a fundamental principle of that is this idea of decentralization and uh, at digital asset ownership, which is really core to this whole revolution from our perspective. And all of that, of course, is traceable on the blockchain. I want to take uh, one more 10,000 foot view for the listener. When we're talking about Web 3, what is the example from Web 2 at the Mm -hmm. very beginning? What was the very equivalent of the beginning of Web 2 of this version? Yeah. So if we're looking at like a parallel point in time, um, I actually worked at Google 10 years ago and I was living in San Francisco at the time. And, um, you know, I remember like when we were doing consumer studies, people were like, I'm never going to buy a mattress online. I'm never going to buy a car and just go to the car dealership. I can just go to the mattress store. I have to touch and feel it. And, you know, Google, like the whole idea was enabling access to information at scale at an unprecedented scale. And, um, you know, at the time consumers were like, I'm never going to do that online. That's kind of where we are right now with Web3, where people are like, I don't need an NFT for that. Like, I don't care about the blockchain. Like, I already have a system that works for me. I already have my Starbucks app with my stars. Why do I need a new thing? Um, And I think what we're going to see play out over the next decade is this technology becoming increasingly useful and ubiquitous. Um, Useful in that the technology actually has to solve a real problem, right? And meaningfully improve the consumer journey today. Um, The same way that, you know, e-commerce had to improve, like 
if you bought a mattress online 10 years ago, it was kind of a clunky process. There was no one-click shipping. You had to enter all this information. It was a bit of a clunky process. Right now, we're seeing the same thing for NFTs. It's a little bit of a clunky process. You you know, need to go through multiple different steps that aren't necessarily easy for people. So people are defaulting into the way they've always done things. Um, but in the coming years, as we see this tech be more ubiquitous and more useful and more easy to use, um, we're going to see a much broader adoption of all things Web3. Wonderful. I'd love to now, as promised, have you take me through as an example so we can get a real world example when you're working with a brand, a client, a company on, mm -hmm. on how the conversation might flow, where we might go with it. So, Josh, I assume you have a loyal group of listeners, right, who tune into your show, right? Sure. And you want to reward those people. You want to say thank you for listening to you. Maybe they've been listening to you for years. Maybe they listen to your show every morning. Um, maybe they are your sort of like super fans, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So imagine there was a way for you to give them a digital reward that proved they listened to your show like every, you know, 10, 10 shows in a row. Um, and then they could get some type of like special perk. Right now, like there's not the easiest way to do that, right? Um, distributing something to them. Um, that would actually have like value you'd have to do with email or so, something like that. Um, so an example of how you could integrate some type of web through rewards in your business is have your fans um, prove that they listen to your show for a certain number of times. And um, what we could use there is something called a co-app or a proof of attendance protocol, um, which is a really cool uh, free, by the way, um, NFT that that's essentially the digital bookmarks of your life. So I could claim a PO app every time I listen to your awesome show. And then if I got 10 of those, maybe I could redeem that for a meet and greet with you. And that would be a way for me as a fan to prove that I was, you know, listening to Josh hosting and, you know, affiliate that with my digital identity, which is helping you build your brand. At the same time, you're also able to reward um, your listeners who are listening to you. It's something that can be free for them to claim, easy for them, help uh, give them something for listening to you. They might post that on social media. You might have earned media implications of that. And then, you know, if they collected 10 apps, you might be able to convert those into a meet and greet with Josh in Jersey. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And I really hope that the listener can, beyond getting blown away by just how exciting that is, because we might be hearing terms or words or events that are are a little difficult to comprehend, but I assure you, like you said, Avery, these are these are really quite simple once you know the tools and how to implement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that learning those tools and being agile to what's working not just today, but you know what might be coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow there could be the next uh, breakthrough platform that's out there. Um, I think being agile and, and listening and learning and adopting things as they come out is, is part of uh, how we found some of our early success at Vayner. So um, the, I, I love the example. Thank you for that, by the way. As an on-air personality with some sort of following, the listener can now adapt that to their own business and see how it relates to their customer base, right? And whether it's a reward system or an experience of some kind, is that what we're talking about? Is that sort of the base? Is it always based on a re, like a reward system? It doesn't have to be based on a reward. Um, I did that example because it's not like you're selling anything directly, right? If I was a 
winemaker. I might have a different approach. I might um, have my most exclusive bottles of wine only available via NFT where you can track the provenance, you know, forever. Something like that for you as a personality, building your community is what's valuable to you and building your listeners and having them share that out with, uh, with their community so that more and more people get to know about your show. Um, I think if you're selling something, there's a huge market for both digital collectibles and also utility-oriented um, digital assets that might be redeemable for a physical, that might be redeemable for an event ticket, um, that might be redeemable for something that has value and utility for consumers. Wow. Wow, Avery. So this is great because in this 60 to 90 second segment we just provided, you've shown how a personal brand, an influencer, a podcaster, a show host, a radio host, an on-air personality, uh, an entrepreneur, a business owner, and a Fortune 500 company can really, through the power of Web3, implement this this additional marketing. Am I, is, is that, is this, does this fall under the umbrella of marketing? I would absolutely argue that web NFTs can fall under the umbrella of marketing, but also they can fall under the umbrella of being its own business unit. We've seen major companies, whether it's Adidas or Budweiser or Time, generate double-digit millions of dollars in the past year while they actually built a community, which is revenue. Amazing. Wow. Um, exactly. Like cost neutralized marketing, which is for any CFOs listening, yeah. everybody's dream, right? I will say that the market has shifted a lot in the past year, but you know, being able to bring people together through a love of your brand um, while creating experiences and events and merchandise that, you know, as marketers, we would normally just pay for, but having people pay uh, to be a part of the, the community and have aligned incentives to the brand, I think is is pretty special and unique and a really um, profound moment in time. In just a minute, I want you to get into one of your absolute favorite brands that you worked with or are working with. But first, I don't want to gloss over the way Gary implements uh, vFriends. Um, for context, I'm a vFriends holder. Um, Thank you. Was, oh, my goodness. I mean, how can't you, right? I mean, any fan of Gary who has been listening to him for the past 12 or 18 months and then certainly prior to that, you know when he says, try to make this move if you can, you pay attention and you make the move that you can. And we all see the benefit of this. So in um, in just a minute, can you um, – I was also at VCon, which was extraordinary – uh, it was just the place to be. And for me, like I said earlier, if I'm following things that Vayner are doing, if, if you realize technically Gary has never put on his own super conference like that. So when I heard he's going to be doing his own immediately, I'm like, OK, I got to be there. So VCon was extraordinary for all kinds of reasons I've spoken about before. But touch upon how how Gary is he's always a practitioner of of what he preaches so how is he using this whole concept through v friends and beyond i think what gary's building with v friends will be a historical tremendous success that many use as a blueprint for how he launched ip at a really interesting time mm. um and with VFriends is multifaceted. For one, um, those who've been following Gary might realize that actually the characters map to different sort of content pillars that Gary talks about, whether that's empathy or kindness or patience or tenacity. So those characters can then deliver messages that, you know, uh, Gary has been delivering for decades, but they can be received in a different way, maybe received in a way that's more 
kid-friendly, received in different languages, easier to do subtitles. Like there's the whole content piece. Then there's a whole utility piece where these NFTs actually get you access to a conference, not just for one year, but for three years, star-studded conference of this unbelievable location. And the third part of that is community. So uh, really creating a community of super fans around vFriends. If you hop into the vFriends Discord, you can see just the mm -hmm. level of passion that these people have um, around the community that's been built for vFriends. So I think from the character development to the utility to the community built, it's really incredible um, just the level of strategic thought that's gone into vFriends and it's manifested in so many ways, whether it's through brand partnerships or through the actual vCon experience or through many of the very exciting things the team has planned. Um, and, you know, it's, it's also served as a real like guinea pig and for, for us at Vayner to really be hands-on with learning of exactly the pros and the cons and what you need to do with a smart contract, what you shouldn't do, how we should handle things like mini drops and collaborative drops. Um, just an incredible like, uh, you know, use case for us the same way we often use Gary as the, the kind of guinea pig to test things first from a media perspective, whether that's him being on TikTok first or Vine or Telegram or whatever it is, him being uh, first to NFTs have really given us this incredibly specific experience that I think very few other consultancies um, uh, have from sort of a practical perspective. And, you know, you asked about brands. So I'll give you two examples of brands that actually activated at Vcon and we're very proud to work with. Pepsi, um, much, much loved brand by everybody. And they have a deep and undeniable connection to music. And, you know, because of that, Pepsi launched this free NFT collection called the Pepsi Mic Drop, a free digital collectible that anybody could grab. Um, there was so much demand for it. 800,000 people trying to claim it. There was only 1,893 symbolizing the first year that Pepsi was uh, created. And since then, it's not just a digital collectible, but it's also owned by celebrities like Snoop Dogg. It's also, um, you know, activated at places like the Billboard Music Awards and VCon. And there's so much more planned for the team of really bringing these microphones to life um, over time. And then Coinbase. So Coinbase really democratized um, buying Bitcoin and create a very simple way for normal retail investors um, to play in the space. And it's been very fun for us to work with their team on the past year of thinking about ways they can continue to grow their business and relate to this sort of growing Web3 community. And, and at Vcon, they did this really cool creator lounge where a lot of the awesome creators and speakers um, and you know, thought leaders in the crypto world came together. And I thought that was a really nice way for them to give back to the community. And We've done a, a bunch of events with them, um, one coming soon at Art Basel. So yeah. looking forward to more ways that we can introduce crypto um, to both businesses and to mainstream users. So when for, for the listener to sort of wrap their head around how to even begin the conversation, when you're working with a company like Pepsi or Coinbase and you're in that first meeting together, how does the conversation begin what are the thoughts that 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 a business person needs to really get from point A to the next? It always starts by deeply understanding what's happening um, in the culture of Web3. What's the opportunity today and what's the vision of tomorrow? And then listen, listen, listening to what these partners and large enterprises are trying to do and then finding that intersection. It's all about understanding what's happening in this culture today and where it's going tomorrow and then just 
completely marrying that with their business objectives. And that's how we're able to develop something that's a win-win for, for all. And then you get creative, right? And you see the pieces, of course. say, this is what you want to achieve. This is the opportunity. This is how we can take our expertise, match it with yours and go forward with a great thing, a great experience, an NFT, a version of something. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's exactly right, Josh. And, uh, you know, this has been such an illuminating call. You clearly are so deep in this space and it's amazing now you're a VFRANCE holder as well. Yeah. Can't wait for VCon 2023. Before we part, can you leave us with uh, one example of something over the past 12 months that really didn't go as planned? That can be sort of a cautionary tale that we can keep our eyes out for? That's a great question. There are so many things that haven't gone as planned um, over the past uh, over the past year or so. And I think the biggest thing would be around t- uh, timing. So a lot of times brands want to align um, an NFT launch with a specific date or time. And time and time again, we've just realized Web3 is hard and it breaks and it's very new. And for that reason, you've seen a lot of, um, the, you know, we never want to launch something prematurely. So we push back a lot of deep. And I think it's been a good lesson for us to not get too uh, too in love with a specific date because getting it right is more important than, than getting it early. This is fascinating. Avery, so glad to have you with us today, really helping us navigate this very early world. Uh, it's it's just been amazing. Thank you so much. From, from Google to Vayner and beyond, life must be really exciting for you right now. It is. It is. Thank you so much for having me on here. And listeners, thanks for tuning in with us this morning. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. You know the deal. We're going to do it again real soon. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Be well.